As we on the Post Reports team were trying to survive these last few months of 2021, one thing that really got us through was our collective obsession with the third season of Succession on HBO. This show has brought us so much joy. Succession is about a dysfunctional, power-hungry family, and they own a large media company called Waystar Royco. The patriarch is this ruthless mogul named Logan Roy, and he has these four kids who are constantly trying to steal their dad's throne. But the woman who you always feel is like five steps ahead of everyone else is this character, Jerry Kelman. I'm focused on whatever outcome best serves the financial interests of the shareholders of the company. But it doesn't serve my interests. How does it serve my interests? Jerry is Logan Roy's general counsel and eventually the interim CEO. And she's incredibly savvy and clever with her power. And she is played by an actor who has been highly successful in movies and plays for decades. Hi, I am Jay Smith Cameron, and I am currently playing Jerry Kelman on Succession. This character, Jerry, has really become an icon. It is thrilling to watch her wield her power in this brutal corporate world. And she constantly surprises us. She has this very unexpected flirtation with the youngest Roy sibling, Roman. And through that, Jay Smith Cameron has sort of become this sex symbol in her 60s. This part has certainly been um, empowering for me. And I think that there's something empowering about a character like Jerry even existing. I don't know if anyone thrives in the world of Waystar Royco, but I think that she kind of does, or I think she feels she does. Today, we're talking to Jay Smith Cameron about Jerry, about power, about her own trajectory as an actress, and about why this character has given us so much joy. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Tuesday, December 28th. I'm curious, what do you like about playing Jerry? Well, a lot of things. I like that she's so on top of everything and that she gets to roll her eyes at the Roys all the time. And she gets to flirt with Roman Roy, which is fun. I I don't really flirt. I torture him, I guess, inadvertently. And I love the whole job of being on that show because it's so collaborative and there's so many great actors and great writers. And I'm not just saying that, like it's really amazing group. We do a lot of improv and it's very stimulating and fun and funny. And I think Jerry's funny. And I like that because it's otherwise can be a very grim Uh, group. (laughs) So yeah, and I do have a sense of that people, women particularly, are sort of thrilled by seeing the character and to see the character be well-received. And it it gives me joy too. So I think that for me, one of the things that I find so compelling about Jerry as a character is that she's so powerful, but she's also very calculated about when and how she wields that power because she can often be very unobtrusive and low-key, but then sometimes she's not. Um, So we have a clip here that we want to play for you um, from this season uh, when Jerry is talking to Logan, the patriarch of the family, and telling him that he needs to listen to her. They are coming up, and if you don't open the door, they will kick it in. And if you don't open the filing cabinet, they will pull out a crowbar. 
This is a show of resolve, and there are cameras outside, and they do not need to see the FBI meeting any resistance. I was so proud of Jerry in that moment. I'm glad. (laughs) What were you thinking during the scene? Well, I mean, there, there were a number of scenes in earlier episodes of this season where I tried to convince Logan that he needs to cooperate and he needs further advice about what kind of law firm we should hire and how we should proceed. And he is wanting to not apologize for anything and not, you know, he wants to be on the offensive, not the defensive. And he's very belligerent about it. And he's, you know, famously surrounded by yes men. And Jerry is often the person who very tactfully is saying, well, actually, Logan, I think it's better if you do blah, blah, blah. And by this point, the feds are downstairs and I just lose it at him. And I think it's the first time that I know of that anyone has yelled at Logan Roy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was thrilling. It felt so satisfying to do. But that scene, I think, really embodies something that we all relate to in Jerry, which is that she's so capable and that she is often flying under the radar at work, but that she's really the one who's like making this company work behind the scenes, that she keeps the place functioning, that she often knows more than anyone else in the room. I think that we all know Jerry's in our life. I think some of us are Jerry's in our life. I'm wondering, like, Do you have a Jerry in your life, a person who is the one holding things together behind the scenes? I mean, I identify with her too. And although I'm much more like spacey and haphazard than Jerry, but, you know, I identify with that feeling too, just like in my immediate family. I feel like, you know, the buck stops with mom. And so, I mean, I think that's part of the appeal of the characters. It's a bit universal. And there must be times when almost everyone feels that way about themselves at work. Like, gee whiz, if it wasn't for me, nothing would be happening around here. (laughs) Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I think that's partly why the character is popular. Have you been surprised by that, the extent to which people are obsessed with Jerry and also obsessed with you because of the series? Very surprised. Very surprised. I mean, I, I thought Jerry was a really appealing, funny character when I got cast. She sort of loosened up over time, but I, I kind of had this idea of her being sort of ruthless and very unflappable and very Mm -hmm. persistent about things. But I thought Mm -hmm. it was funny because Kendall and Roman, Roman particularly, would say these terrible things around her and she wouldn't be the least bit thrown, but she would just be like, ugh, disgusting. Like, oh, gross. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I got to roll my eyes or make a face or wince or, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was just really fun. It's just fun to be that kind of no-nonsense character and the character where the, the buck stops here, as I said before, that that's really satisfying to play. Can you tell the story of how you got this role? Yeah. I mean, I got an an audition for it and it was explained to me that it was written. I mean, it was still said on the audition sides, Jerry, J-E-R-R-Y, Kelman was supposed to be a fellow. And then Mm. somewhere along the line, either Doug Abel, the then casting director, or all the writers and Doug Abel, some combination, had the idea to maybe see some actresses for the part. And then I think... I don't know. I mean, I think that maybe just that idea I had of being like, (laughs) you know, disgusted, but not quite shocked by anything Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. was just funny. And we all kind of ran with that. And I felt like the part really kind of grew and they began writing toward that idea. I egged the writers on and the writers egged me on and we kind of created this character together. And it was partly my glasses and my hairstyle. And, you know, like we just kind of figured it out together. And that was really a first for me. And thrilling, you know, just so fun. And I also feel like it says something kind of deep about 
the business world, but also the world of Hollywood of having to kind of break through that barrier of people envision this as a role that is being filled by a man. And you have to kind of figure out a way to be able to prove that it can also be a role that is for a woman. Yeah, maybe so. But you know what? I, I mean, I think that's generally true, but I feel like this particular group of writers are pretty excited about anyone that they Mm -hmm. think is talented, but they're depicting a very patriarchal, white, Mm -hmm. rich world. They're particularly going after and exposing and ridiculing this kind of group. So I think they thought that probably like there'd be some, you know, accuracy and humor in it being a typical male. And then finding like, oh, maybe that is a good part we could have a woman in. What has this moment been like for you? Because you have been a successful actor for many years and had an incredible career. But also, this does seem like a moment where people all of a sudden are like, Jerry, Jay, we love her. We're obsessed. So what is that like? As you can imagine, it's wild. I have to pinch myself. I really did not see that coming. And also, we were just all so thrilled to watch the show blossom in the fullness of time into a bonafide hit that it took me a while to realize that Jerry, who's definitely a supporting character. I mean, there are some wonderful actors in in huge, complicated roles. So it was wonderful to see a supporting character just get the attention it was getting. And so I guess it just took a while for me to even realize it because I feel like among my friends, so many people will say, oh, Jerry's my favorite character. But then you bring up Tom Wamsgams, like, oh, he's, he's the best. And then Roman <laughs> Way, well, oh my God, there's nobody like him. You know, it just, it, every character in turn is thrilling in a different way. And it's, it's a sort of a zeitgeisty thing right now. But to answer your question more honestly, <laughs> or more to the point, it's really thrilling, of course, and delightful. And I just did not see it coming, no. After the break, I ask Jay Smith Cameron whether she is just as calculating as her character on Succession. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Do you feel like people, even if this is your big break moment, do you feel like people are giving you enough credit for the real success that is having a career with the longevity that yours is and being able to work uh, as a as an actor that whole time? Yes, I felt like I had a really good career. But as a TV actress, I'm relatively new to the game. I did a series called Rectify, and then I've done a couple of recurring arcs on TV shows, but that's been more recent. That's been over the last decade. I'm like terribly proud of my career as a theater actress and kind of to some degree an indie film person because that's what I set out to do. That's what I kind of wanted to do. And I felt appreciated in those circles, but that that kind of thing doesn't generally have as wide an audience 
as a big HBO TV show. But I don't feel bitter about that. I think it makes sense because it's a more insular world, the world of off-Broadway theater or even Broadway, especially if you're not talking about Broadway musicals. But you do get a little bemused that it's like, well, it's not my first job, you know, actually. I feel like I've been totally. doing doing it all along and doing well, at least by my own standards, for a while. Can I ask when you said that that's what you set out to do in terms of being a primarily theater actor and indie movies, why why was that your goal? Why were you sort of veering in that direction versus I want to be the most famous movie star of all time? Well, um, I think I just liked theater more than I liked television and about movie stars. I mean, I had a very realistic idea about that. I mean, I feel like you kind of have to luck into being a big movie star or be just so determined that you make every choice about that or you're just fabulously fabulous and you're a movie star. But in terms of like working your way along, I loved playing really good parts and I always respond to the writing, whether it's classical theater or new plays. And I think that's why I like indie things because I like those auteur directors and the, and the sort of the kind of work that doesn't cater to a big audience. But if you note, both Rectify and Succession are actually those kind of TV shows that are distinguished mm-hmm. by their writing and that are not going to great lengths to please people. They're not pandering in any way to an audience, and they're very atypical as TV shows in my experience. So I think it kind of makes sense to me that it's it's all in a trajectory because they're very, in a way, artsy and thoughtful pieces. When I hear you talk about the choices that you've made over the years, it actually makes me think about this line from this most recent season of Succession, where this character, Jerry, is giving advice to Roman and kind of telling him her secret to success. And she says, how does this advance my position? You have to be thinking about that 24-7. So I'm wondering for you, like, do you strategize the same way? Is that part of how you've had to navigate your career over the years? No, I think I'm the opposite of that. I think I'm a sucker (laughs) for the project. And, you know, it's all about the collaboration. But there's a dog-eat-dog quality to show business, you know, that's almost a cliche. Everybody knows how competitive it is. And Everybody knows about the famous Me Too situations, especially in the past, uh, the, and that it could be very misogynistic or very, you know, but generally, for me at least, it's been about having fun with it and trying to express what is going on in the scene, express the characters and their feelings. It's really fun. It's like getting lost in something. It's really pleasurable. So that's why I say it's not like, it's not like Jerry having to, you know, strategize about her position in things. I think theoretically, at least, all the people writing, directing, holding the sound boom, whatever it is, and acting are all on the same page of trying to make this fiction kind of come to life. And it's it just is, by the nature of it, very collaborative. So in the last couple of weeks, there has been a lot of conversation around this New Yorker profile of Jeremy Strong, the actor who plays Kendall in Succession, and about his intensity. And then he takes method acting pretty seriously, and he intertwines himself with his characters and um, I think clearly gets pretty excellent results in his acting on the show. I wonder if someone were to do a deep dive of you and how you approach acting and your innermost secrets when it comes to how you, like, make yourself become a character, what would they find? What would it say? I don't know, because it really depends on the job and the the character. Sometimes characters that are further away from who you are in, in your own life are harder to embody, like, 
sometimes you have an idea about who they are, but you're unfamiliar to move and sound and act that way. And so it, you know, you have to be bolstered by a lot of rehearsal or research or experimentation, various techniques you might have to like make it feel familiar and comfortable and believable and, and natural. And like, it's just flowing because method acting, I think is a bit of a misnomer because everybody has their method and purely speaking, it's, it's whatever your technique that you've crafted that helps you. So, I mean, I think all the good actors I know do have some method or way that they go about, sorry about the doggy in the background. Um, so I think, I mean, I have mine too, but it sort of depends. Some characters, you can kind of pick up so many clues from small things in the writing hmm. that it almost gives you almost like by osmosis, a kind of, you just almost following a scent. Following a scent is a good analogy because it's almost better if you don't think about it too much. If you, if you let it unfold in a natural way where you're kind of... Um, I think that following a scent is a great analogy with the, the dog in the background. Dog in the next <laughs> room. Sorry about that. I tried to container into another room, but I guess it didn't work. My house is full for the holidays today. So I'm like, it's a lot of life going on here. So I think, you know, um, it, it depends because there's certainly been parts I've had to do in the past where there was a greater distance to go and I had to do more extreme um, things to try to find my character. And then other times when it felt very natural and flowed easily and you felt like you were kind of intuiting, intuiting your way. And hmm. I always feel it's better when I intuit my way because it, it's hmm. a knot in my head. Yogi Berra, the Yankee baseball player, is famous for having said that he was given a batting tip and he was supposed to think about something when he was batting. And he said, I can't think and hit at the same time. And I think acting's like that. I think you have to kind of let go and be kind of get lost in the fun of it. And so if, yeah. if a certain exercise or certain methods help you get lost in it, great. But if those things make you too self-conscious, then obviously those aren't for you. So every actor has their own thing and Jeremy has his way he works. And it's, it's a little notorious at the moment from the article, but he's, as you said, he, I mean, he's fantastic in the part. I, I mean, I can't imagine anyone doing that better. Can you? Yeah. Uh, what would be your dream role? <laughs> um, I don't know if I have a dream role. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> What kind of actor doesn't have a dream role? Um, I've always wanted to do the Glass Menagerie to play Amanda. I don't know. I mean, I would love to do any Shakespeare. Gosh, I need to think about that. I'll be more prepared next interview. <laughs> if I were talking to Jerry, she would have all of her dream roles lined up because she would have strategized on this from decades previously. Unless she has her dream role. Unless she has her dream job. I mean, you know, everybody has bad experiences sometime at work, but I feel like I've been very blessed. Like usually I'm like, oh, I love this part I'm playing right now. And then I fall in love with the next one. So I maybe have trained myself not to think in terms of dream roles because I want to kind of convince myself that any part is potentially a dream role at the right moment. So it's not like people have not asked me about that before, but I'm like, why don't I know that? <laughs> when it comes to you, it'll come to you, you know? I mean, I'll, t I'll say this. I think that the most attractive characters are, you know, characters who are in some kind of trouble and or characters that want something terribly and have a great appetite for it. Because I think audiences love to see characters strive for things. They like to see you try. So I think all the characters are in succession are 
you know, you might say grasping and striving, <laughs> but also it's, it is pleasurable to see somebody like, ah, oh, they're going after that, but he's going after the same thing. What's going to happen? Or, you know, that, that that is part of the thrill of succession. And I think that more and more in our society applies to women. And I think that there is a great thrill to see a character sink her teeth into something, a job in a fiction, fictitious world, and to see an actor or an actress, um, have the same experience, have a great opportunity to sink your teeth in. So I think it's, it is satisfying and I'm glad that people are connecting to it. Jay Smith Cameron plays Jerry Kelman on HBO Succession. The clips you heard on this episode are courtesy of HBO. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was produced by Sabby Robinson and mixed by Sean Carter. On Wednesday's show, we've got another interview with someone who gave us joy this year, Hassan Minhaj. Real talk, they're just like, yo, someone from the masjid made it. Is he like me? And I think what they're trying to see is like, yo, if Hassan Minhaj can make it, maybe I can make it. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen.